The 2017 race season is underway and Dirty Mo Radio's race recap shows have you covered. Don't miss a single episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront with Justin Allgaier as he gives exclusive insight immediately after climbing out of the car. You can find Upfront on DaleJr.com and all major podcast outlets thanks to Exalta. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Junior goes to the lead at Daytona. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will lay claim to his first NASCAR Winston Cup victory. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has won the Daytona 500. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Earnhardt Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download, is with me as always is our guest Tyler Overstreet. We also hey hey say hey. We also have uh, a bunch of guests here in, in the I know in the gift shop the out here crowd in is the growing. studio. It's awesome. The Exalta Studio. Um, if you want to come out and see us record this on my, um, yeah Tuesdays Tuesdays come on out around nine nine thirty a little late today nine thirty. But anyways. We got a lot to talk about, so are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah? Let's go. Let's do it. All right, so let's go ahead and get on, uh, get the race talked about. Um, Las Vegas. So I really like that track. Um, They just announced in the last uh, couple days that they're going to go back there for a second event next year. Very deserving. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's there's some of the traditional fans that hate to see uh, any racetrack lose a date, particularly uh, New Hampshire, because New Hampshire sort of uh, got such a core uh, racing vibe to it. Uh, the modifieds, there's lots and lots of racing up there, a lot of race fans up there. Yeah, they do a lot of racing at that track. Um, obviously, people see the two NASCAR weekends, but they're racing up there all the time. Yeah. They a little road course and do well, all sorts of racing. Yeah, but I mean, just locally, that's a great race yeah. market. Because they had the, what, it used to be the Bush North Series. Yeah. It, it raced exclusively in the Northeast. Right. And so, it's uh, unfortunate for uh, New Hampshire, but uh, Las Vegas, yeah, it definitely is one of the tracks uh, that, that I would um, I would be excited about getting a second date. So, that's happening next year. We, uh, we had a pretty decent weekend. We we had a great first round in qualifying. Couldn't really get it done in the second round, but um, still qualified okay. Uh, started the race, or actually in practice, the car had a lot of speed. Third in the last practice, and uh, liked our lap times. We made some adjustments to try to improve a couple things, as we always do. We ran in the top ten most of the day. I think we got up to like fifth at one point. We ran fifth a long time in that second stage. So. Okay. Right there at the end... We had a couple restarts in the bottom lane. That that lane wasn't really moving forward very well or making up any spots. The outside is the best way, uh, best spot to be in for a restart. So we were losing a few spots on those last few restarts that was hurting our track position. The last, uh, we had a caution with like 10 to go. Got to come down and get tires. And uh, I think at that point we were running 11th or fighting for 11th. You were right in that range. Yeah. And restarted 13th. Yeah, on the inside again. So, let's see. We we This is something that we ch- we tend to do every time uh, that we have a late 
you know, 10 lap dash. We don't put any fuel in it. And what we do that, why, why we don't put fuel in it is because it adds a little bit of nose weight, which, which increases kind of security in the car. So uh, when I was a rookie in the all-star race in 2000, uh, we we didn't fill the car up with fuel the last 10 laps. And that's where our our speed came. Right in that in that in that particular, uh, of course, in a race you got to put fuel in it to to be able to run the fuel run. But in those little ten lap sprints, it's not necessary. So we don't put fuel in the car. That adds a little nose weight. We also pump the tires up, so the tires don't need to, a lap or two to come in. If you're going to run sixty laps, you want a low air pressure, so you don't overbuild the tires and miss your target, your peak, your peak yeah. pressure. So we pump the tires up. So we do a lot of different things to sort of make the car take off. And uh, unfortunately, it really screwed up the balance on our car, made us really tight, and we couldn't move forward. But lost a few spots, didn't finish where we th- I think we should have. I think we should have finished around 8th or 10th, um, ended up 16th. But at least with the stages, you collected, I think, five bonus points. Yeah, I think it was three in one stage and one in the other. Yeah, so four or five. Yeah. Yeah, so we uh, we came out of there with at least the result. You know, the last couple of weeks at, at Daytona and Atlanta haven't been great. We're moved up a little bit in the points. Um, we, if we can keep doing this, we'll get ourselves back into this uh, little chase or playoff at the end of the season. So, And the next four or five tracks are all good tracks. Yeah, I don't really know any bad tracks for us. Right. What do you think? I mean, you I would say the road courses, yeah, but you've but been running better at yeah. the road courses. So. We finished great at uh, Sonoma the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that we have any tracks that, that – that I'm concerned about, um, you know, just uh, depends on how how things go for us. We finally put a race together where we didn't have any problems, loose wheels, flat tires, uh, things like that. So, Although on the flat tire thing, that first run when Harvick had his blown right front, we had a, you had a similar issue developing. Yes, we did. But we actually got really lucky on that. Yeah. So what happens there... And I, I'm not sure you can tell me, maybe if you were re- really watching the race closely, but um, if Harvick was running the top, was Harvick running his t- traditional high line, which I'm sure he probably might have been. I think he was because he was moving up pretty quick. Yeah. So the thing about running the top uh, at any racetrack is the track's a little bit greener, not as much rubber down. So you're the guy putting the rubber down. Uh, if you go up there and if you continue to move the groove higher and higher, you're the guy that's putting the tire rubber down. You're using a lot more tire than a lot of guys that are running the bottom. Once the track rubbers up, tire wear improves. So if you're running where the rubber is, you're going to have a little bit better tire wear. If you're running in a green or, an, or, or a racetrack, uh, a particular part of the racetrack that doesn't have a lot of rubber on it, you're going to eat up the tire a little bit quicker. So the risk of going up high, yeah, you gain speed. And the car goes faster, but you use you use a lot of rubber on the tire. Right. So you're, you're laying, you're doing everybody else a favor, but you're killing yourself. Yeah. So it's 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 a little risky to go up there in the first run or two of the race at any race, and so uh, me, Harvick, the 42, a bunch of guys were moving up there, and you you know you just hope you don't start picking up any vibrations. We picked up a right front uh, tire vibration with about 10 laps uh, left to go in that segment, I guess, or before the... Before Harvick, because he was Harvick. about midway through the, sa- the okay. stage. Well, we, we picked up a vibration right before he crashed, and I guess he had the same problem. So, uh, But after that, 
tire wear improves, the rubber's up there in the high groove, so you don't have a problem the rest of the day. It's just, you know, you c it's tempting because you want to go up there and take off, and you know you can go up there and run two, three tenths faster, but it's going to be a risk on your tires. So I try not to do it that first 50 or 40 laps in the race. Let someone else go up there and do that, and then I'm going to get up there and dig the rest of the event once we get to that first uh, first tire tire run. But anyhow, unfortunate for Harvick. Uh, he's been so fast the last couple of weeks. I expect he'll be, uh, uh, you know, getting him a win here soon. Yeah, the Phoenix is an awesome track for him. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's missed. I don't think he's not won a race there since he joined Stuart Haas. Right, and then I think he even won his last race with Childress there. So I, I think he's won every spring race. Yeah, since he joined Stuart Haas at Phoenix. Yeah. So we'll talk about Phoenix here in a bit. So let's go ahead and get to it. Everybody's been talking about the post-race fight. Um, does does Joey Logano have the most punchable face in NASCAR? I think Kyle Busch would agree. Yeah, TJ was jealous. TJ was upset. See, TJ, this is the thing about TJ. This is what what's awesome about TJ is that if you tell, if you say, if you shame him and say he's got the most punchable face, he gets mad. Yeah. Says he's gonna get you back, and then when someone else takes the title, he's uh jealous and upset. Yeah, weird guy, but. Shout out to TJ Majors, big fan of this show. He is a big fan. Anyways, Joey Logano gets loose. It, he didn't, I mean, obviously there was some contact on the back straightaway. Because they were avoiding Keselowski. Right. Okay. Understandable, right? Uh, but the 22 gets down in the corner and he gets loose, right? And collects the 18. Okay, a little reckless, but not intentional. I mean, he could have wrecked himself. Right. Well, he would have wrecked himself <laughs> if Kyle wasn't there. I think he would have saved it. But well, he would have lost a spot or two. Yeah, yeah, we won't debate that. But anyways, Kyle goes uh, from a top five finish to ending up twenty second. Right, that is, that's one of the things. That's probably any driver's pet peeve is to be running in the top five, uh, coming through turn three and four to the checkered, and then no, and then moments later um, have a twenty fifth or twentieth place finish following your lap. Seventeen points. That's a lot of spots. It is. You work all day long. To, he to, had even bounced back from a speeding penalty. Uh, yeah. So you work all day long and uh, get screwed over. So Kyle was very mad. He walks up. He throws a punch at Joey. Judging by JeffGluck.com's video, yep. looks to me like he hit him. It does. Joey is fake news. Fake newsing it, right? Yeah. He says he didn't get hit, but it looked to me like he hit him. Yeah. I mean, his face was a little red. Maybe he was hot from the from having his helmet on all day, but his face was a yeah. little red on that cheek. So, I don't know. What, do you think he hit him? I do. I, do I don't know how hard, but yeah, I think I mean, he made some matter. contact. Yeah, it doesn't matter how hard. But Joey denying it is kind of funny. <laughs> it's like nobody, I mean, <laughs> they're not challenging your manhood if somebody yeah, blindsides yeah. you. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was certainly very dramatic. I'm not surprised by it. The only thing I regret is that I wasn't looking that way when it happened so I could see it. Live. Live, yeah. I think Jeff captured it, it was, masterfully. Yeah. I think um, it, it, he had so much web traffic that it bogged down his site last night. Yeah. Je how about that guy? Well, I mean, Jeff Gluck. And it made it on TMZ. Jeff Gluck leaves USA Today for family reasons. Uh, for his wife, she's got this job, and I got an opportunity elsewhere, and so he needed to uproot and relocate. Yeah. Relocate. So he has to create his own uh, service. You know, yep. to the to the NASCAR fan, he's going to do this totally from scratch, and here he is. Those so, are the moments you got to yeah. capitalize on. He has been. It seems like he's been everywhere he's supposed to be. Right. Since the season started. 
So that's getting all kinds of great content. Good job. Uh, anyways, back to the fight. We're I don't I would not have done the same thing. I'm the thing about that is, um, so I know, maybe more than Kyle, that there's a lot of cameras, and there's a lot of people watching. You got social media, you got people getting this content all kinds of different ways. And if you go up and punch a guy in the face, um, that's going to be on TV all week. And you're going to show up at the racetrack on Friday or Thursday next week. I have to talk about it again. You're going to talk. You're going to get asked about it every day. This probably will go on for a couple weeks. Yeah. Until and and NASCAR. Uh, somebody singing in the shop. NASCAR will take this content and it'll be on every show that they do. Commercial. Every commercial. So you'll see it over and over and over and over. And NASCAR will take this this fight and use it as advertisement. Oh, you got to come out and see what's going on at the next race. And they will wear it out. So do, do you, you think Kyle will go Matt Kenseth on him? I'm just asking you, do you as a driver want to put yourself in that position where you can't escape? No. Like the, the, the media coverage that comes from all the that? The commercials and using that – realm is would be fine with me but having to answer over and over and over because they're going to be waiting on him friday i'm not i'm not a big fan of the commercials because like if you crash you're in a commercial uh if you get in a fight you're going to be in a commercial so that's a lot of that's a lot of media kyle's going to have to do a lot of answering and hey is it over between you and joey obviously he doesn't like joey right now so you don't want to talk about joey if you're really pissed off at joey you don't want to talk about him so he's going to get asked a lot about joey that's no fun and Mama's watching. You don't want to upset your Mama. Yeah. She's just a t- phone call away. He said that Joey's going to get it. So is he going to get it this weekend? <sighs> yeah, but what about your mom? What if what if your His mom? His mom's probably cool with it. Really? Well, at this what point, about your mom. Oh, my mom. Yes, I'm putting you in Kyle's shoes. My mom would probably be a little disappointed, but she'll okay. get over it. She'll get over it. She knows I love her. That's pretty disrespectful. She might be one of our listeners. Now you're now you're crawling back. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Joey's PR guy was pretty aggressive in jumping in there and pulling Joey back and holding him back. Good job. Hey, so. Smart PR. I'm giving you an opportunity here to (laughs) pump the PR guys. I know. It was a good job. Yeah, he took a few bows. Joey was swinging. I was like, whoa, don't hit your own guy. Joey was swinging? Well, he was like, trying to get out of it. Yeah. So, if you get in a fight. uh, Let me ask you this. What guy in any fight, when he's getting pulled out of it, doesn't act like Hey, I want to get back in there. Yeah. Do you think he really wanted back in there? Once all his guys were there, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was okay with getting back in there. It was there. like a five-on-one. Yeah. And then he want, he was that guy. He wanted some more. Yeah. But Every so, guy does that, though, when you when they're getting pulled back. I've never been in a fight. so Better I Better be glad they're holding me back. You think he was saying stuff like that? Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you get in an altercation, do you want me to hold you back or do you just want go at it? Or do you want Tiff to hold you back? You think you can hold me back? That's the, the debate. Can you hold me back? That's <laughs> the debate. And awesome. Not possible. <laughs> we'll have our own fight. Yeah. Me and you will be fighting. Yeah. I think maybe if you're walking that way, I'll be like, let's just me and you. We'll go. There's a fight. We'll go duke it out in the bus line. Yeah, it'll be it'll be us brawling on pit yeah. road. That would be good. Somebody on Twitter had asked last night, do you think that they should do like a hockey fight and like everybody have to back up and let them two go at it? I mean, I I am uh, 
I, you know, I, there's a part of... Uh, It'd be like a high school fight where everybody circles around yeah. to watch. I mean, I, I I think that that would be better than all those people piling in and it looking like a complete mess. Yeah. You know, it just looks... I know that the the team guys, some of them... Like, there's, so if there's five team guys that jump into a fight, one of them's jumping in there to punch the hell out of Kyle, yeah. kick him, yeah. whatever he can do. Yeah, don't kick. One guy's trying to get in there to actually break it up. Yeah, you got the Good Samaritan guy, you know. So everybody's trying to do something different. I think that if and it looks like a, it looks a bit, it's it's not something like it's not a proud moment. I don't think for, for no. the sport in that particular at that particular time. Even though you know, yeah, five guys jumping on the guy in the uh, Eminem's jumpsuit just, just isn't cool. It just uh, yeah, it kind of looks weird. I couldn't tell because of the suits who was Eminem's and who I wasn't. Know. That's everybody needs a different yeah. color nowadays. Yep. I uh. You know, I've had a few altercations, but no fights like that. I mean, I'm not trying to play my stuff out on the main stage. We um, we got into it a little bit with Tony Stewart on the racetrack at Pikes Peak. I don't know if this was 98 or 99, because I got wrecked at Pikes Peak. Both years. Both years. Uh, one particular year, uh, so me and Tony Stewart, I'm trying to pass him, I keep uh, running into him, and finally, when I got around him, he ran me. He ran into me, and uh, we had uh, we got called to the holler after the race. So we go into the holler. Me and Tony Stewart, or me and Tony Senior, my crew chief, we go into the holler. Tony Senior's really uh, fiery, got a bad temper, and um, I could see that. Yep, he was very upset. So Tony Stewart comes in there. Tony's fine. I can see from the minute he walks in the back door that Tony's not going to be an all, a problem. But his crew chief, uh, and I can't remember who it was. We were talking about it on Twitter this week, uh, but his name escapes me at this moment. It was not Greg Zipidelli. And, and it wasn't Ratcliffe or any of those guys. This was a long time ago. So this guy comes walk. He's I think he's a K&N guy now. But anyways, he comes walking in, and the minute he opens, the minute the door opens, I can hear this guy talking and yapping. And he's talking about me being a daddy's boy and riding my daddy's coattails. And so I went over Tony Stewart to get to this guy, and Tony Sr. went under Tony Stewart to get to the guy. Wait, like between his legs? Or like under his arm or something like that? Under his arm. Okay. Tony Tony Sr. went low, and I went went high. And so – It was like a rehearsed tag team move. Yeah. So I got a hold of the guy and grabbed his shirt, swung, and as he – you know, as I swung, he he came out of his shirt, like it ripped off. <laughs> and uh, Tony St- Tony Stewart's just kind of s- there, and kind of tangled up in all this, unwillingly. Anyways, there was no uh, nobody punched anybody. I was really mad at the crew chief because because uh, I thought his his uh, his comments were incorrect. Uh, but me and uh, the cool thing about it was we race at Milwaukee the next week. T- as soon as I walk into the pits, uh, Tony, St- Tony Stewart walks up to me and says, man, I ain't got no problem with you. We're going to race together for a long time. Let's be friends. And we have been great friends ever since. Um, and you got the other time you wrecked at Pikes Peak. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the next year or whatever year it was. Maybe it was the year prior. Yeah. I'm racing. Top of nine, couple laps to go. Kind of what the 22 did. Todd gets a little loose on the inside of me, spins me out, and uh, um, I was really young and stupid. So I went into, I said, I called him a cue ball headed fool on TV, 
which uh, was okay because it, it, you know, it's kind of funny. Was that like a an insult that you had built up in your head, or was it like on the spur of the moment? All right, so the the Bodines and the Earnhardts had some history. Dad and Jeff back in the '80s, so there's a little, you know, bad blood there, but it's kind of gone away. Uh, me and Todd and those guys are pretty good now, but um, back then. I had a chip on my shoulder for them because of what had went on with my dad and them. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have that pre-programmed um, to, to say when I it just came out. Anyways, we get into the garage area, and I grabbed a uh, – I was an idiot. I grabbed a jack handle because jack handles are pretty solid damage. Yeah, holy crap. And I sort of paced back and forth around my car like any – you know, when they came in after the race, I was like, come on over here and get you some. I wasn't gonna do anything, but uh, so that was pretty. That was that was kind of how you handled it back then. You grabbed a jack handle, and if anybody wanted a piece, <laughs> they would grab a jack handle, and it'd be a big jack like handle a, fight, a sword fight. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> me and Dad got into it at Japan one time in the exhibition race in 1999. That uh, was that would have been your first cup, anything. Yeah, I think it was. You made quite the impact. <laughs> So me and him bumped each other a little bit on the track. He was really, really, really ticked off. I thought what happened on the track was kind of par for the course and nothing I hadn't seen before, but I don't know if he was just ready to get out of there, ready to fly back to America, but he was not in a good mood. He threw a shoe at me in our uh, – we were in this little trailer changing clothes after the race. I was super happy because I beat Dad. That was the whole goal of the trip. Did he connect with the shoe? No. Oh. It went right by my head, though, very close. I was looking down, untying or tying my shoes, and it came by at a high rate of speed. It would have hurt if it had hit me. Do you think that situation would have escalated if as he had close connected? As close as it – he's – I know he's not He's not that good at – I know his aim ain't that great, so I think his intention was to hit me because it came pretty close. <laughs> but, God, man, if he if he'd have hit me, then we would have both been pissed. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't have been good. So that'd have been a long flight back. Yeah, we didn't really have words. It was just kind of like, you know, I'm 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 upset with you. Uh, that was kind of his. Well, Kyle and Joey didn't have words. Yeah, uh, we had some problems in the late model days. Kelly, one time we was racing at Tri County Speedway. I used to work on Kelly's car. I actually, built her a car too. She would get wrecked by these guys all the time. Not all the time. But she get wrecked by people. And it was super. It was really obvious that it was just about you know, wrecking a girl, or wrecking an Earnhardt. Wrecking an Earnhardt girl, yeah. Yeah. So she gets crashed on the back straightaway, destroys the car, and uh, we had we had a couple altercations in the in the pits after that. Um, one time, let's see, we had uh, we had the entire grandstands at Hickory Motor Speedway pissed off at us one week. Um, <laughs> we started last in this race called the Bobby Isaac Memorial. Yep, they still have it today. We uh, were running third with about 20 or 30 laps to go. I got black flag for passing a lap car under caution, uh, which the guy was kind of waving me by, which was totally legit. And I didn't think it was fair. So we pulled into my car. The guy that was work, uh, kind of my crew chief owner, says, pull in. We're, this is bullshit. We're getting out. Uh, so I pull in with you know, a few laps to go in the race, and I get out of the car. The whole grandstands is booing uh, at me, 
And for quitting, or I don't know, but no. just for being an Earnhardt, I don't know. Hickory is a little bit fifty-fifty uh, for Earnhardt. It's a lot of Jarrett fans up there. Oh, um, so at this particular time, okay, one of my uh, crew members, we had we had ripped our fender off in the race, so it's in the pits now. My f- crew chief or one of my crew members throws the fender onto the track. Now there's no, it's, they're they're red flagged at this moment. Pick uh, clean up crash. So uh, we throw a fender on the track. More booze. I flipped off the, the, I flipped a bird from the from the pits to the booth, to like the score. Yes, like Will Power did in the IndyCar race. I know the score because I changed his oil at Dale Hart Chevrolet. <laughs> so I flipping this guy off. Well, it obviously now looks like I'm flipping off the booing fans. Man. 14-time most popular driver. Yep. So now the booze are turning into objects, cans and bottles. Dang. Uh, and uh, the guy comes to the uh, dealership like a week later, gets his oil changed, and me and him had words. That might have led to my firing uh, from the dealership. Anyways, uh, then uh, we go back to Hickory a couple weeks later. My sister is working, so I'm going to test her car. She's going to race there, and I'm going to take her car and test it. So I'm pulling up. I'm sitting in the passenger seat of the dually. This little kid standing at the fence grabs. He sees the trailer, and it's uh, we all. Me, Kelly, Carrie had the same looking, same same looking trailer, same design. So he grabs a handful of rocks, and we pull up. It's like a 10, 13 year old kid has a handful <laughs> of rocks, and he says, uh, "Who's whose car is this?" As we pull up to wait on the gate to open. And the guy, my my buddy driving the truck says it's Kelly's. And he goes, just as long as it ain't that damn Dale Jr. <laughs> and he dropped his rocks. He's going to throw rocks at us. How old were you? I don't know. I was probably 20. Dang. I didn't know that you were you were the Kyle Busch of Hickory Motor Speedway. For, yeah, for a while. Um. Anyways, uh, that that's a uh, – What about – the, the other fight story was the do-rag story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the do-rag. So I was going to – I was wondering if Kyle's going to start wearing a do-rag because he busted his forehead, right? Yeah. Right? So now he's got uh, – I wonder if it was, you know, needed stitches. Did you get a good look at it? Uh, I don't guess it did because he came out of the care center and he was still Yeah. He had a, had a hematoma. A what? Hematoma. Oh, my gosh. A little swelling. Um. Anyways, let's see. Uh, he – uh. So I was wondering if he'd wear a do-rag because I busted my forehead, similarly to uh, what he experienced. But I did it diving into a swimming pool over at Ricky Hendricks. Oh, so it wasn't a fight. Yeah. That's not as cool. Not not as cool. Yeah, me, we, Rick Hen- Ricky Hendrick was having a party, Rick's son. Uh, they had put uh, they had put a dishwashing detergent or something in a hot tub. So it was all foamy. Oh. And it was spilling over into the pool. And I had not been over there before, so I dove into the pool and hit the bottom. How how deep was this? Not deep enough. Holy crap. So I busted my forehead open. Jimmy Johnson drove me. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Drove me over to a doctor that they had on call. I got sewed up. They had a doctor on call because they knew this party was going to be that rowdy? I don't know. Yeah. I know this doctor I've seen today. He's still the HMS doctor. Quote, unquote. <laughs> so I get drove over to get my forehead sewed up. Uh, but then we wore the do-rag 
for like a month later, you know, a month after that at the racetrack, I had this had all these stitches in my forehead. People thought you were just trying to make a cool. Yeah, like, people were like, "Oh man, Dale's wearing do rag." The, the crew, the overwall guys, they didn't have helmets back then. They all wore do rags, changing the tires on the car. This the first week was at Pocono. I think it was around oh four, oh three. So, uh, yeah, we wore a do rag for a whole month. People didn't didn't really know why. And uh, so yeah, try it out, Kyle. Wear the do rag. Also in Vegas, um, you had your own injury from your bike ride. I did? Yeah. That's what you said on Saturday. What injury? Because you wore poor, um, your spandex were not ideal. Oh, yeah. My ass is sore. Yeah. I, okay. So that's not an injury. That is if your ass is sore. Let me let me tell you this. If you're going to ride a road bike, like the ride, you know, the, yeah. the real deal road bikes, yeah. your ass is going to be sore. That's every time. This is not a positive. This is not a pro in the pro con thing when considering this ride bikes. This goes in the con column. Yeah, not good. Um, the seats on these road bikes. I don't understand why these seats. Uh, they're as hard as a, as a as a surfboard. I mean, it's they're just not comfortable. You're gonna ride 25 miles on this thing. Yeah, but it was very painful. You'd ha- you should have your uh, interior guy like craft something nicer for you. Yeah, I guess so. I'm actually going uh, down to Cool Breeze in Charlotte Thursday, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna look into uh, trying to find some driver comfort, some rider comfort. Yeah. So uh, I saw where Lance Armstrong was gonna send you some socks. Yeah, man, Lance got on me about my socks. I didn't know there was a sock rule, so I'm just wearing my socks. I wear low cut socks. Uh, with my shoes, I think everybody does that. Has that not been the style for the last ten freaking years? Yeah, especially so, with shorts. Yeah, so I uh, I didn't think I needed special freaking cycling socks. So Jimmy texts me. I happen to be at the <laughs> the cycling store. I'm not there every day, but anyways, I'm at the cycling store with Alex Bowman, and I'm getting him uh, a bike and getting him fitted up for 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 a bike because he wants to get into this fitness fitness regimen he, he's on the same plan that all of us are as hms driver he's got a certain amount of workout uh air uh certain amount of stuff he's got to do each week you understand yeah okay well you're not you're looking at me like you don't know the hell i'm talking about well i'm thinking you like, keep looking at the wall and i'm looking at everything in this room i'm just admiring the sights okay so i didn't know <laughs> if you were understanding <laughs> what i was talking about tyler pay attention so i'm helping alex get this bike thing figured out that way you're not the most awkward person well me and him kind of live near each other and we can ride together out near where i live so because tj says he's gonna ride but he's a total liar he's not um so back to the story jimmy texts me and he's like hey man um lance armstrong i guess they're big pals he says lance thinks your socks suck and he's gonna tweet he's gonna instagram a picture of you in your little socks because i posted this picture of me in my spandex i'm like look I'm going to wear spandex. People are going to take pictures of me riding around the infield. I'm going to be able I'm going to put the first one out there and control the narrative. I'm not going to let people be like, "Hey, here's Dale, look at him." Ha ha ha. Were they doing that? Taking pictures? I had on my way back in from the ride in Vegas, I had two fans take pictures of me as I was riding in. Oh. And they looked like they were very happy to have caught me in my spandex. <laughs> so, I was thinking, "Man, I'm going to be I'm going to get that first picture out there." That's smart. Yeah. It's kind of like the wedding photo thing. Yeah. Yeah. You so, want to put your own stuff yes. out there. So, after you put one out, well, you know, if you want to make fun, so be it. So, anyways, 
I, uh, I'm getting this text from Jimmy about my socks and that Lance Armstrong thinks my socks suck. And so then I'm, I grab a pair of socks off the rack and I take a picture of them. I said, here, I'm taking, I'm buying these. Send these to Lance and tell him I'm going to be fine. And I said, better yet, if Lance wants to send me some socks, I'm a size 11. <laughs> and he's sending them. I guess he is. Man. Yeah. It, the weird thing is, folks, if Dale tweets about or says that he likes something, people are like, man, I want to send him some free free stuff of that. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, gosh. God, free stuff. Gotta love it. Free, free, free. I love free. But in your also on your bike ride deal, you almost crashed. I did? That's what you said. You were avoiding a rock. No, I didn't almost crash. You I, said you almost crashed. I had crashed. a flat. Do you not remember the oh, story? Oh, this is how you got the flat. You hit the rock. Gosh. Man. I didn't crash. Didn't almost crash. Don't be putting out that false narrative. Sorry, folks. We control the narrative. That's what this whole podcast is about. Dale did not almost crash. He doing, had a flat tire. Doing a podcast is so that we can control the message. I know. And you're sending out the wrong stuff. He did not almost crash. He hit a rock and had a flat rear tire. Yes. So, no, I didn't hit the rock. Wrong. Let me just tell you what happened. You just tell this story. Okay. I wasn't there. All right. So, Jimmy has this buddy named Ben, and Ben is... Better on a bike than any of us. So he's really good. Been riding bikes all his life. And he knows how, at 25 miles an hour, we're, right, we're coming up on this big boulder. It's about the size of a cantaloupe. He knows how to, at 20 miles an hour, kick his kick his um, front tire to all, like volley the freaking rock across the street out of the way. That sounds dangerous. He's just good. Yeah. So I don't. Jimmy and him are riding side by side. We're on the shoulder of the road. All right? On our right is dirt and gravel. On our left is these rumple strips that you, you know, truckers and stuff run across and when they're kind of dozing off. Yep. And it wakes them up. So, and then there's the road. All right? So, on the other side, on the, on the other side of the rumple right. strips is the road. There's a very, it's a very narrow alley that we're in between the rumple strips and the gravel. We're riding two by two. I'm in the second lane or the second pair with my pilot beside me, Jeff. Jimmy and Ben are up front. So Ben's uh, Ben's in front of me. I don't see this rock. We're coming up on it at 25 miles an hour. All I see is Ben sort of kick this kick his front tire, and this rock goes flying out into the street. And it freaked me out. So I'm, I ended up on the rumble strips. Oh, okay. Going Makes 25 sense. miles an hour. Yeah, that's not good. Because those and tires are pretty yes. thin. Dude, the freaking rumble strips blow the tire out. Just the one tire, though. The rear tire. Yeah. Well, my ass is sitting on the seat, so that's yeah. where all the weight is. Yeah. The front tire was saved. Anyways. How uh, long did it take you to change the tire? Freaking quick. Oh. Yeah. Did you do it or Jimmy do it? Jimmy and Ben never saw what happened, so they'd go on down the street. Oh. Like a mile. And then they <laughs> then they kind of turn around. We got to change before they got back, though. So I pull over. My pilot, Jeff, pulls over, and uh, he's like, all right, look. I'm changing it or trying to change it, but he's like, let me just show you because he's done it a million times, and five minutes we had it changed. They're simple. Simp they're, it's real simple. I was surprised how easy it was, but it was very – it's close. Close call. Could have crashed. But you didn't. Didn't crash. That's always the best way. Yep. I was riding that thing like Dale Earnhardt in 1990 at Daytona in turn three when he had that flat. There you go. Coming to the checkered. Yeah, because before you said how badass that was. That was badass how he drove that car into turn three at 180, 190 mile an hour yeah. with a right It was less flat. badass how you no, saved the bike. Same, same badassness. <laughs> same. Yep. If you were there, you would have been in all. 
but I wasn't. I was in the media center. 25 mile an hour on a flat tire. Yeah, that's Saved it. On your second ride. I, I took a moment. The natural. I took a moment, relaxed. I got this, slowed it down, pulled over. All good. So moral of the story, he did not crash. Nope. He saved it, but he did have a flat tire. Speaking of almost crashing, your Washington Redskins offseason <laughs> is not going good. Yeah. Um, the only reason we're going to talk about this is because it made news when yeah. you were a disgruntled fan. God. Tweeting. Yeah. I'll, I'll oh. read what you tweeted. Okay. This made it in USA Today for the win, which is a pretty good little website. After they fired Scott, how do you say his name? McGloobin? Uh, McGluffin? Let's just call him Scott. Scott M. <laughs> <laughs> Dale tweeted, GM who it reportedly is a football mind and player's GM, gone. The franchise-breaking quarterback two times over wants a trade. It's only March. You know, that's exactly how I, how I had it the tone. read in my mind, yes. And then somebody, because Dallas Cowboys fans are always – Ha, 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 you want to be a Cowboys fan? Um, and then you say, no chance. I'm betting on outliving this horseshit carousel. Yes. Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> because you always make fun of the Panthers. And the Panthers aren't, their offseason's going okay, but it's not going as bad as your Redskins. I don't know that it that it isn't. Well, you should tune in. Oh, that the Panthers? Yeah. Isn't? It seems okay. Oh. They got uh, Julius Peppers. He's... He's only he's 40 years old. He's 37, <laughs> fifth on the all-time sacks list. Um, but so here's the issues that you've, you're facing as a Redskins fan. You tagged Kirk Cousins for the second year in a row. He's going to get paid $24 million. Awesome payday for one year. But he don't want to play there. He doesn't. And then you lost your top two receivers. That's Okay, you want me to, you want me to go over these? Yes. You tell us. Pros and cons. All right, god dang. Yes, I am disgruntled. I have been a dis- you know, I've been a disgruntled fan for a very long time. We haven't been, you know, very good over the last 20 years since 91, really. Uh we've had a couple winning seasons, but it seems like as soon as we figure out what we need to do, we quit doing it. Or somebody gets mad or somebody wants to leave or somebody gets fired. So look, man, I don't pretend to know exactly what was going on in the office between Scott, the old GM, Bruce Allen, who has really been the GM the entire time, and uh, Mr. Snyder. Now, I like Mr. Snyder, though. Mr. Snyder is very nice to me. I get invited to the games, to his personal box. He sends me a Christmas card every year. We get a milk chocolate life-size football that takes a long time to eat. And... The dude's just really cool, okay? Yeah. He takes, it gets a lot of shit uh, for being a terrible owner for the Redskins, from the Redskins fans. I get it. We're all frustrated. Uh, but he has done some great things for the franchise. Not every owner hits home runs every single day. So, anyways, say what you will about Snyder. I know him personally and think that he's a pretty cool guy, and he wants to win. Right, nobody shows he's up a, to lose. He's a bigger Redskins fan as anybody. It's why he bought the team. Anyways, uh, I just something has happened. All right, so Kurt's been miffed ever since he got drafted. He, I don't, you know, I'm just I'm speaking for him, and I'm probably incorrect on half of this. But 
I imagine maybe he wasn't ha- wasn't too happy having to battle it out with RG3 and go through that whole mess, right? Yeah, understandable. Yeah. They never really bought in. They, it never really seemed like they bought into Kurt being the starter until they kind of had to. Right. Because they did a lot to get RG3. Yeah. And then Kurt was just the other guy. But if two or three years goes by, they're trying and trying and trying to get RG3 to work out. Kurt's not enjoying this whole process being this, you know, this second guy. Uh, he earns the starting job, breaks the franchise record two times over, and still can't get the deal he wants. And yeah. still, even though all right, maybe he's not getting the deal he wants, he still isn't doesn't appear like he's getting treated as the franchise quarterback. That's all he wants is to be one, you know, wanted wherever he's playing. Be appreciated. Be treated like the guy. It feels he feels like he's got to be looking over his shoulder all the time that they might be looking for someone in the draft or they might be looking for someone in trade. There's all kinds of stupid rumors going on out there. There was a rumor at one point, there's how stupid they are, that they were going to bring in Romo. How mad would you have been? And apparently that was a leaked rumor by, I I read in a story, maybe that was leaked by Bruce Allen. I don't understand. That's weird. Yeah, I don't understand. Don't threaten me with a Tony (laughs) Romo trade. (laughs) Anyways, uh, they they lost to Sean Jackson, a wide receiver, to the Buccaneers, Pierre Grosson to the 49ers, both great players. Uh, they signed Terrell Pryor. How do you think he's going to do? I don't know. I mean, it seemed like he did okay in Cleveland. He did very well. He's still, considering learning, the, still learning the position. Uh, he was a quarterback coming out of college. Uh, they got a few other guys in uh, in free agency that's been you know decent signs. But it's been kind of frustrating because we all thought Scott was a really smart football mind. He did a great job in San Francisco and Seattle. He's had some problems with al- you know, alcohol in the past, and I guess that's cost him a few jobs. He's been – completely honest about that he did say when they hired him that he still drank beer that you know he's not a recovering alcoholic he's not uh he's not relapsed he said look i drink beer i don't think it affects my job right they knew that when they hired him so i don't know exactly he you know i don't i, I wish he was still there to be honest with you i think he's he i think he is a good scout i think he does a good job in the drafts he missed on some guys he missed on some people in free agency we didn't do a good job last year getting the defense better in free agency and so forth and th- through the draft. But I still think that he knows a good football player when he sees one. Uh, we've heard some rumors about some potential signs on uh, the GM job uh, <clears throat> going forward, which I like. Uh, so I still think we can climb out of this mess and look okay. You know what you got to do? What is that? Keep pounding. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so people always ask about the Redskins, and and I've got a lot to say. But we we won't go over it all today. But anyways, it's uh it's fun waking up every morning and wondering what the hell you're gonna read about the Redskins. What's it gonna be? All right, now we're gonna get into some fan questions. We received these using the hashtag AskJunior. Um, as always, I'm sad that we're not doing this on Periscope because Tyler doesn't want to hold a phone and yeah and ask questions. Sorry about it. We'll be back in the future. <laughs> All right, first question. If you could give another track a second race or give a track not on the schedule a race, which track would that be? Man, uh, you know, maybe Homestead. I kind of like racing at Homestead. This is one reason why I think it would be fun to have a second date there is because 
that is where we went, we finish our season, right? That's where we go with the four four drivers for the championship all in one race. Would it not be interesting for a fan or anyone really that's plugged into the sport to see a preview of that some point in the middle of the season? I know, but does that not take away some of the prestige of that championship race? Not one bit. So think about if you were able to go to Homestead in July and see a <laughs> Homestead in July. Why not? It would be hot and muggy. <laughs> I'm actually in the car where it's probably 130 and 40 degrees. Probably. I'll, I'll bet your ass is in the media center in the air conditioner where it's real comfortable. Probably, yeah. So I come outside with about 30 laps to go there. Oh, tough. Tough gig. It's bad. Wouldn't you like to see a preview of so that you you create a you create it a might would make the race more competitive because like if you no, had it's not no if you I'm had asked, let like, me finish my thought oh. would you I know it's terrible for you to I listen know. to me but would you not want to see what might happen later in the season you you get guys at Homestead in the middle of the season you get to see the race and see who's strong if and then you talk about that for the next several months look X guy. He's great in the points. He had an awesome homestead. If he gets to the, if he's in homestead, battling for the championship at the end of the season, now he's a favorite because he was strong in yeah. the race in July. Are you thinking like in, a, like if a Super Bowl matchup has happened in the regular we kinda, season? We kind of go into homestead with with a with a with some missing. There's some missing content because we haven't raced there, and nobody really knows. And it's so different than everywhere else. Yeah, and nobody really knows who the favorite is. And I know it, maybe it's not great to know everything, but if you have a race there before earlier in the season, you kind of get to see, like, all right, man, these guys got it figured out. So this team, this you know, maybe it's Penske or Hendrick. Penske or Hendrick, or somebody's going to be strong there in that race. And you go, oh, wow, they're the favorites. And that's a, that's – you know that's a great that's great content. Uh, that's a storyline that builds as the season goes on. Okay, that's what I like about. I'm it. not totally swayed, but it's okay. If it if it happened, I'd rather it be in late April than July, just because July would be hot, and I don't want my driver to be hot. And, you're not worried about and me. angry. <laughs> anyway, oh, you're not worried about me. All right, next question. <laughs> At Nick D Race Life, do you still play the drums? No. When's the last time you did? Fifteen years ago. Fifteen years? You actually played them at the J Cole photo shoot two years ago. I'm I was to think about that. I was there. Oh yeah, but that was brief. It was brief. Good thing it was brief. I don't know if you could have took much more. Yeah, yeah. If J Cole is a talented uh, musician, he doesn't want to hear that. Nope. At Eskins Twenty One asks, who are your final four teams and national champion? in this year's NCAA tournament. Oh, I filled out my bracket. I got the Tar Heels winning. Me too. Do you, you know, the one, there's one team, Gonzaga. Do you think that they're going? They always, they're always in the tournament, like in a top four or five seed, yeah. but I don't know who they play during the year to have I such know. a solid record. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that uh, UNC makes it. They're in the same. They're in the same division as what Kentucky or Kansas? Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. So they're gonna. I think that UCLA beats Kentucky. Yeah, I think I have that too. Yeah, and then, you know, Carolina beats UCLA. I'm kind of torn on that game, but it, uh, the UCLA team, not sure. They're kind of like Gonzaga, not sure exactly how good they are, 
But I, you got to have, you know, there's going to be those sleepers or that are going to bust your bracket. Right. I'm picking them to do it. I pick a lot of uh, tens and tens over sevens and twelves over fives. You risk taker. Uh, well, they, I don't pick them to go past the round of 32. Mm. That's not risky. Yeah. So who's your? You got any Cinderella stories in your bracket? No. I mean, the only one that Rhode we, Island. I have no. Rhode Island winning a game. I do too. And then East Tennessee. Uh, uh, no. I have uh, Notre Dame, but they're a five. They're not a. That's and not they're going to the Elite Eight, but okay. I could be wrong. They could lose in the first round. They they're might no, be. They're the, no Davidson. They're no Davidson, but they don't have Steph Curry either. Yeah. I got Kansas going. Amy's mad because I got UK losing. Uh, hey, she, sorry I, about I, it. Well, I made her promise that when we got married, I'd be a UK fan. So Carolina and K- Kentucky both can't make it. I know it. They both can't make it. So. Guys, I think on ESPN, uh, two I got, or three of them yeah. picked Carolina versus Duke in the championship game. I have that. I have Carolina Ooh. versus Duke, 85 to 84. Mm. I I would love to see that with Carolina winning, but if Duke won, I would be very upset, and I probably wouldn't come outside for about a week or two. Um, but talking about the NCAA, we can talk about whiskeyriverbracket.com. Uh-huh. And fans can go there, sign up. It's free. You can win some money if you have the perfect bracket. Win $100,000. Wow. Yeah. What if I'm in there? I, f- I filled out a bracket for that. Can I win? Uh, I think it's in the rules that you can't. But if you go on there, Dale's oh. bracket is on there. Boo. I can't. Yeah. I don't get anything. Well, you, you'd probably free. be paying yourself. Free beer? You could get that. Okay. Do you not get free beer there anyways? Nope. They make you pay? Yes. They don't even make me pay. That's not true. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't even know what this person's Twitter handle is, but they asked, when can you – Give it you a shot. Who is it? It's the Resac. <laughs> no, it's Teresa K. <laughs> <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> Teresa K, 10, 21. She asked, when can you reveal your World 600 paint scheme? Do we have one? We do. Oh. Whenever I see it, I'll show it to you. <laughs> Teresa? He will not. He'll, he'll reveal it when Nationwide says we can reveal it. All right, this is. What do you think this one is? Brandisco or Brandy Sco? Brandy Sco. Let's go you with that. Are such a great storyteller and extremely witty. Thanks, De- Tyler. Debatable. When are you going to ask me the question? Have you ever thought about writing a book? <laughs> this is part of the question. I have wrote a book, Driver Eight. I know. When are you going to write another one? Uh, probably when it's. I don't know. When I'm really, really, really old, I'll probably write another book. All right. <clears throat> I, I don't writing the book, writing, doing the Drivers Eight book was fun because it's it basically just told the rookie season story. Yeah. And there's a lot of funny stuff in there that happened. We won at Richmond, and I had to use the bathroom so bad that when we came to, to uh, when we drove into Winter Circle, I climbed out of the car before the TV guys. You know, when you pull in and win a race, the TV guys say, "Sit in your car, stay in your car." When we come back from break. We're going to tell you when to get out. So this, I don't know if fans even know that happens, but the driver gets out when the TV guy waves you. He yeah. kind of gives you a signal, and you jump out like, yeah, here I am. Um, so I pulled in, and I just got out, and I walked out of the uh, Victor Circle. I, just, did not, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, you weren't there. I guess I didn't read the book. Nope. So I got out of the car, went out, walked out of, uh, Victor, walked out of Victor Circle, went into the Unical 76 building which is now a Sunoco building, and used the bathroom. And then I came back 10 minutes later, and we had Victory Lane. 
Do you, so you climb back in the car? I don't remember. I don't think so. But they at some point are going to make you stand on the thing and act like it. Because sometimes oh, you'll get did, out. And we they, did all that. Yeah, so, so sometimes you get out and maybe they don't get quite the picture they want. So they'll make you climb back up yeah. and hold your hands up and team act like they're throwing Gatorade and stuff like yeah. that. But So anyways, yes, we do want to write another book. and um, Someday. Probably going to get Mike Davis to do that. I think we've talked about that in here. That was a pilot. Oh, yeah. We, t- we did a pilot podcast no one has ever heard. Unreleased pilot. Yep. At Debbie B0603 asks, what do you think about having qualifying on the same day of the race at Pocono in July? It's also going to happen at Martinsville in the fall. I'm pumped about this. This makes this a two-day show, so that eliminates Friday for the road guys. Gives them one more day at home. I don't know what it means for the drivers because I hear about these Fan Fest days that's, on Friday. That's what it says online. They haven't it just sent says, any info. Yeah, it's just real, it's real uh, vague. It's fan Fest is going to be fun. Well, obviously, but it's vague as to what it is. Yeah, like does it start at What noon? are they doing? Does it start at 7 o'clock? What, I is, don't fan know. De- what is Fan Fest? Is this happening in, in town? Is yeah. this, this going to be on Main Street? Are they doing this at the racetrack? Are there drivers going to be there? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So... I'm excited about that for the team road guys, though, because it gives them another day at home which uh, with their families. People don't, I don't think, understand the, the how taxing it is for those guys, the schedule they work, because they'll go to the shop Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, like, this week they're flying out at 7.45 a.m. Thursday to yeah. go to Phoenix. And then they're staying after Phoenix all the way through California. So Being, all that time on the road is... Yeah. Being a road guy is not fun as far as the schedule. Yes, it's exciting, glamorous, winning races, working on race cars, uh, being with one of the best teams in the business, having a great paying job. But that, all that really, uh, that lasts for, that's, that, that, that honeymoon kind of goes away after a while because the schedule for them is awful. They get home, uh, for example, their flight home from, uh, from Vegas. Yeah. Two and a half hours, stop for gas. Two and a half hours, stop for gas. Two and a half more hours. They're getting home like 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Ruins uh, any chance of really having a productive Monday. Right. And I don't think people, and me included, because we're I'm pretty spoiled that I fly with you and we leave Friday morning and tw- like we're leaving the track 20 minutes after the race, wheels up within an hour after the checkered flag. So we got home right before midnight the other night. But those guys are always going, and then they're up early, like 5 and 6 a.m. every Friday, every Saturday to get to the track. Yeah. So. <laughs> the garage opens at 7 o'clock in the morning, so they're up at 5, 5.30. They're flying. Yeah, we can go on and on. It's right. Tough, so tough shout schedule. out to the road guys. That's right. Um, this is, I don't know, what the, the first name is Marietta. I don't know what her Twitter name is. When's your mom going to come on this show? Well, we haven't had a guest yet. I know. Somebody asked when we were going to start doing interviews. Yeah. Sh- I don't even know if we should. Should we? Uh, Do we want another person in here? I don't know. We're awesome. I know. People keep telling us that we we're awesome. We had this whole room remodeled for us. Yeah, I know. We got a big couch, so we got room. Why well, would you want to put people guess, on well, it? Well, I guess we could have a guest over there on the other side heads- of the couch. We have headsets we have for two sh- more people. We have headsets. Uh, we'll definitely get some guests in here. Mom. Mother's Day is coming Mother's up. Mother's Day is coming up. Maybe we do it then. Yeah. She's always a hit on she the, is. from past years. Yep. So 
I'm not sure that I would enjoy that as much as everyone else. Well, then we're going to enjoy set it, it up. Mother's Day it. week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At Side Pipes asks, in that there, this is how this tweet was phrased. In that there race car, what do you keep in that little pocket inside the door? Side Pipes. That's a pretty cool handle. Side Pipes? Side Pipes. Pipes with a Y. I guess some pipes with an eye was taken. Yeah, probably. Uh, so in that there car, what do you keep in that little bottle inside the door? No, pocket. Pocket. Uh, sometimes I, if I wear a heart rate monitor, yep. I throw my Garmin in there so it can do the GPS. Oh, so it's Jimmy's staying. been posting his uh, heart rate from his races on Strava. If you don't follow Jimmy... Uh, on Strava, download Strava, follow Jimmy. He posts his heart rate and how much calories he burns all on I each like, event. I like the map because the, <laughs> the, yeah, the map, it'll, all, the it'll drive half half a mile outside the track. Yes. So uh, me and him are both on Strava, so you can check out the workouts and stuff that Hendrick has us doing. But uh, the pocket, sunglasses, Sharpie. I throw my hat in there. Anything you want to put in there? You can put it in there. Yeah, because you run the whole race with the hat right in the door. Yes. Why? Because if I wreck, I want a hat. Oh, understandable. Yeah, because you're going to have bad hair when you take that helmet off. Yeah. All right, looking ahead, Tuesday. That's today. That is today. We're giving a ride. Now, can we even talk about this? You can talk This about is it. pretty cool. By the time this comes out. That's right. It'll have been done. Yeah. So this afternoon, earlier this afternoon... Uh, we're gonna, uh, we took a ride around Charlotte Murder Speedway in a two-seater that's owned by my boss man, uh, race car, with Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook uh, CEO. Yeah, Facebook CEO. So I'm, so I was, I'm pretty pumped up. So this has happened already, but when we're, we're recording this at nine o'clock in the morning, so it's not happened just yet. So I'm really excited to have done this. That make any sense? If that paints a picture of when we recorded it, <laughs> it was sometime on Tuesday, and then it's going to be posted, and he may or may not have already. I wonder drove. why he's coming to do this. So he's. I heard that he was going around. There was like cities or states that he had not done stuff in, and he wanted to like go to those states. He's like a checking, doing a bucket list. I guess so because yesterday he was in uh, Chapel Hill and he met the North Carolina basketball team. Holy moly! So. So this Mark. Zuckerberg is just cruising around doing all kinds of awesome things. Yeah, he's going to tour HMS, and then you're giving him a ride along. So it should yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah. He seems like a very smart guy. He seems like a jeans and T-shirt guy. Yeah, I think so. Yep. So I'm going to wear my jeans and T-shirt so I'm not overdressed. <laughs> I got my Pearl Jam shirt on. Is that okay? Watch you're going to have to wear a fire suit to drive him around. Yeah. Which that's well, in my car that right much. now. So I figured that. Yeah. But is it okay if I wear the Pearl Jam yeah, shirt the rest of the day? I don't care. Friday. Well, we don't have anything till Friday, so I got Wednesday and Thursday off. Well, you're going to meet with Greg tomorrow, but I don't. Yeah. We don't put that on the podcast. Wednesday. Yeah, me, me and Greg had a little meeting Wednesday. I think it's cool to say that because people. Oh, okay. TJ's in that meeting. Crew chief, driver, spotter, having a meeting. We're going to talk about what we're doing that we don't like, what we're doing that we do like. It's good to have those meetings. Yeah. And these are meetings that we have often. This is not a. This is not a come to Jesus meeting. Right. This is yeah. This is more of a re- regular weekly thing. Right. So uh yeah, we're trying to get better, so we'll do a little we're going to have a little meeting tomorrow. Um uh, actually, I got meetings over there today. 
Yeah, when you leave here. Yeah, when I leave the when we're done with the podcast, we drive over to Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, the whole all those crew chiefs and drivers get in a room and talk about the past race and the next race. Um, I'm gonna talk to. Uh, let's see, we're gonna ride bikes. Me and Alex. TJ said he's gonna ride. This is Wednesday. TJ's I'm, not going. TJ says he's going. So we're gonna stay tuned. Stay tuned. TJ backs out of a lot of things. Exactly. Everything. TJ backs out of everything. Let's change that. Friday, we're going to Phoenix. Friday, we're going to Phoenix practice and qualifying. Uh, qualifying at 745 Eastern. That's 445 local time. Uh, Saturday, we got two practice in the Xfinity race at 4 p.m. Eastern on Fox. It's the big Fox, not the little Fox. And then Sunday, the race starts at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Yes, 12.30 local awesome. on Fox. It's the first race for the new Exalta car. Yes, I'm excited. That car is awesome. I know. I was um, right as the green flag was waving Sunday. They were swapping it out in the garage. Yep. And so I took a couple pictures of it as they loaded it. Mm. Man, it's nice. All right, we got three wins at Phoenix. Uh, top tens in six of the last seven races there. I think we were third the year before and second last year. No. Or, no? You won Fall of 2015. Fall, but spring. What? The spring races, not the fall races. Oh, last year you finished fifth. You were running second, and then there was a late caution, and we stayed out to restart second, and a couple guys had pitted and took tires and passed you right at the I end. I thought we ran second to Harvick last year. Mm -mm. You ran second all day, and there was a green-white checker okay. and a couple guys. Because yeah. remember, oh, yes. that's the one where Carl kind of bumped yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Carl ran second. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we run pretty good at Phoenix. Alex ran really well, well there last fall. That's right. So 88 has been crazy fast we there did, the last three a, times. Yep, last month we had a two-day two test there, so we got some laps on the track. Uh, it's going to be super hot. 95 degrees is uh, is what they're saying on Sunday, 94-ish, 93-ish on At Friday the, and Saturday. The is test that, was probably like 70, 75 are you, max. Are you going to be all right? I don't know. I'm probably going to go in the bus. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. You're going to go in my bus. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. What a mess it was. No, it wasn't. You thought it was good? I think it's good Good content. It was. Uh, thank you to our friends at Exalta for this awesome studio. Thanks for everything they do for Dirty Mo Radio. They're a great sponsor. Looking forward. They're on uh, William Byron's car also this weekend. That's so right. Two Exalta cars. It's uh, what black and, black and silver. Silver. And neon yellow. Yeah. So, big weekend for them. Also, be sure to subscribe to the download through DaleJr.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and all the other major podcasting outlets. Let us know your feedback on Twitter, as always, at Dale Jr., at Overstreet Tyler, and at Dirty Mo Radio, or check out Dirty Mo Radio on Facebook. All right, make sure also that if you want to come see us do this live, uh, Tuesdays, 9, 9.30. 9 uh, if Dale wakes up on time. Yeah, or hey, you can call me and say, hey, I called how's, you how's answer. your morning? <laughs> I called you the answer. Yep. I didn't have enough protein, apparently. That's what my um, trainer said, and that's why I was tired this morning. There you go. So we have about 10 people coming to the studio today. I'm going to hop out there and take uh, a few pictures, sign some autographs of those folks. Hopefully see some more people next week. Again, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
Hey Mike, so as we're sitting here in the newly renovated Exalta studio, let's talk Exalta. First of all, this studio is awesome, is it not? Oh my gosh, it's huge, I love it, it's amazing. Yeah, we are very appreciative of that, but uh, Exalta's everywhere. I mean, we just left Daytona, thousands of people went into their seats through the Exalta injector. I myself, I'm gonna brag a little bit here, <laughs> but I actually watched the duels from the Exalta suite, it was fabulous. Uh, you know, Exalta is a co-primary on Dale Jr.'s car. That car, you will never miss it. It is so bright, colorful. It's amazing. Uh, and it's going to run at Phoenix. But yeah, Exalta is everywhere. They are really big supporters of our digital platform and our race teams. We didn't even mention the fact that Exalta is going to be sponsoring William Byron. That announcement came out this week. And they have a brand new building that they just built right next to Hendrick Motorsports. I've had the privilege to see the outside. Now, I'm really excited to go and take a tour of the inside. It's absolutely incredible just what they've been doing. Totally. So we appreciate Exalta. How can we follow them on social? You can follow them at Exalta Racing on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.